Ladies and gentlemen, would you please turn up your radio to a level which blocks out those intrusive noises that 21st century life brings us, as once again we join the show business legend, raconteur, after-dinner speaker, and the only person ever to successfully defend his title of Doncaster Cauliflower Ear Champion, 1968 and 1969. Yes, you've guessed. It's time for this week's instalment of... Count Arthur Strong's Radio Show. It is absolutely delightful for me to be here with you today for this wonderful occasion. The official opening of a shoe shop is something I always dreamed of doing when I was a little lad. And today, that dream of those shoe shops has come true in spades. In fact, I was saying only the other day to my very close friend of all creatures, uh, Brighton thing, um, <laughs> Timothy Christopher, that I hadn't done one, and he said he'd done four. And that just made me think, it's all right for some, isn't it? What's happening? And so to the reason why we are all assembled here today. What's happening? I'm opening a bloody shoe shop. It's nothing to do with you, so just shift yourself. And I shouldn't have to deal direct to the public. There should be someone wearing sunglasses and headphones between me and the masses. I've seen crowds turn nasty before for no apparent reason. Do they do slippers? How would I know? Do I look like a slipper salesman? Yes. Well, I'm not. For your information, I'm a busy, terrible personality. And, oh, no, I'm not. I'm a, a, a terribly busy personality. <laughs> terribly busy personality. One of the things I do is open things for money. So shove off, because you're causing yourself to be a spectacle of your own making. And so, without further ado, I name the shoe shop... What's it called? Carter's Casual Footwear. I named this shoe shop Carter's Casual Cartwear. <laughs> right, now, uh, could you just stay there a second for the photograph? Absolutely, of course. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. Always happy to accommodate the gentlemen of the press. Who's it for? The Times? The Express? The Telegraph, perhaps? Retail Footwear World. <laughs> and uh, if uh, Mr Carter, you could get in next to him, let's, uh, let's have a shopper in as well. You, you love, will you? Um... Do they sell slippers? Oh, not at uh, Can't you pick someone else? <laughs> well, there isn't anyone else here. Right, uh, just, just stand there, love. Not in front of me. I'm the main attraction. You're masking me. Stand in front of him, Mr Carpenter. Do you think you could um, hold a shoe or something? I'm not holding a bloody shoe. I am a show business personality. I have people to hold shoes for me. Right then, OK, well, uh, say cheese. Um, I'd rather not if it's all the same to you. Um, cheese does tend to repeat on me. I am prepared to say cream cracker, however, without fear of dyspepsia. Whatever, it uh, doesn't really matter. Maybe not to you, but I'm burping all morning if I have a bit of cheddar. Some people are lactose intolerant, to whom the mere thought of cheese is, um, an, um, anamathema to them. Oh, well, I'm sorry, I think. Right, ready and... Cheese! Cream cracker! Oh, I wasn't ready for that. I had my mouth shut. Get my eyes open. 
Go to make eyes shut. Well, let's try one more time then. Keep your positions. Ready and. Cheese! Oh, sod it. I've said cheese now. As if I haven't got enough problems with my digestion, I'm a martyr to. Right, that's my responsibilities discharged. <laughs> See? It set me off as that. <laughs> Hello, Arthur. Jack? A pint, is it? That would be the conclusion I would jump to if someone <laughs> walked into my public house with a look like this on its face. Pint it is, then. Are you well? Don't ask. You, you don't want to know, Jack. You do not want to know. You really are best off not knowing nothing about it. Oh, well, all right. I've been under the doctor. I have Jack. Dr Baker. Had to go and see him a few days ago. Oh, nothing serious, I hope. Well, I've said to him, Dr Baker, as you know, because of my right vast wealth of medical knowledge I possess, <laughs> through my work with the St Anne's um, Jumbulance Brigade, <laughs> which, incidentally, I am acting captain in at the moment, <laughs> having done a thorough medical examination of myself from top to bottom, I know what it is that's wrong with me, and I know what I need prescribing. He said, ooh, it sounds serious. Excuse me, can I have a pint of lager? Hey, do you mind? I'm embroiled upon what might be a matter of life and death here with your pint of lager. Well, I only want a drink. Yes, well, I only want to live. <laughs> now then, think about that. I might not see the week out. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Yes, well, you do now, don't you? I said, I have suffered, Dr Baker. From what I suspect to be a suspected heart mumble. It's murmur, I mean. And I've come in for a prescription for some of those um, odour eaters that all. That, no, not odour eaters. Um, uh, beta blockers! <laughs> I have come in for a prescription for some of those beta blockers all of the snooker players are on. If as well as giving me a few extra years to live. It will help to improve my snookering. <laughs> then that's a side effect I'm only too happy to live with. My current highest break being stuck somewhere around the 12 to 14 points earlier. So anyway, if you give me a prescription... Well, frankly, you had no choice, Jack, because of my being captain of the jumblers. And um, later on, I've gone into Clark's the chemist to cash it in. But when I've got to the counter, it wasn't in my pocket. So I've said to Clark it, look, listen... Dr Baker has given me a prescription for some odour eaters. I, uh, I must have left it on my nest of tables. I said, to save me going back to fetch it, because in my condition, any exertion could prove fatal. I said, do me a favour. Uh, give me the odour eaters now, and I'll drop the prescription off later on. But he looked at me right funny as clerky. He said, you don't need a prescription for odour eaters. Anyone can buy them. I said, well, what's Dr Baker playing up then? He's, he's, he's definitely given me one. So anyway, he lets me have a package. And when I've got home and opened them up, they're not for your heart at all. They're for your sodding feet. I'll tell you something, Jack. He's well past it, is Dr Baker. Mind you, having said that, they are comfortable, those only. No wonder all the snooker players are on them. Like walking on air, Jack. <laughs> so, um, what's happening? Are you, are you better? I've got to go in for some tests. They want to do a, a periscope on me or something. 
I've had a letter. I'm on my way there now. I've just stopped off for a couple because I don't expect they'll have a bar at the infirmary, will they? <laughs> or a social club. The state the national health in. Can I get a pint of lager now? Oh, if I cry it out loud, are you still here? Certainly, mate. I'll get you one. I only get an hour for lunch. Well, I might not have an hour left, you know. <laughs> so you're one of the lucky ones, aren't you? That you can plan that far ahead. I don't see how you can die from not wearing odour eaters. Well, then you'd be surprised, then, wouldn't you? Because you can die from all sorts. There you go. Sorry for the wait. Thanks very much. Cheerio. Someone with probably a little bit of a drink problem, if you ask me, Jack, the fussy was making. I mean, we all like a drink, but, you know, everything in modernisation, as they say. Mary had a canary up the leg of a draught. Come on, it wouldn't come down for half a crown, but it would have allowed it to blow. Oh, smashing! Another one of those, please, Jack. Uh, what time's your appointment at the hospital? Oh, sod it, I'd forgotten about that. Oh, I'll finish this, then I'll have to get off, I suppose. Jack, could I just shake you by the hand, in case I don't make it? And I'd like to say a few words to you. Your pub, Jack has been like some bacon to me. Uh, like a bacon. Um, like a beacon to me. These last few insignificant years of my mortal coil of mine I've lived, which don't add up to a hill of beans when you think of all the menelias of menelias we've lived through. Three world wars? Icebergs? Uh, man in the moon? Uh, my plight, in the great scheme of things, is of no consequence. I came from the dust, Jack, and I will return to the dust, Jack. I'm not afraid. Not of dust. <laughs> I mean, it's only dust. Are you getting me that short or not? I was just listening to you. You listen with your ears, Jack, not your optics arm. Have you never heard of multi-story tasking? There you go, Arthur, on the house. Thank you very much, Jack. Down the survey hatch. Ooh, by gosh, this is the stuff. Right, well, I might see you again, Jack. I might not. But if I don't, the shoulder of mutton will always hold a very special place in my shoulder. Dead heart. Uh, all the best, old friend. Let's have a look. Reception. Oh, here we are. Good afternoon. I'm Count Arthur Strong. You're expecting me. I've come in for some tests. Frankly, it should be just a formality. I'm very good at tests. How are you? Yes, and I do have a medical background, so I'll be keeping an eye on the procedures here. Well, you'd probably be better off talking to one of the nurses about that. What are you, then? A cleaner. Well, how am I to know you're a cleaner? I've got a mop and bucket in my hand. Yes, well, very convenient, is that... It's a crime to impersonate a nurse, you know. I'm not impersonating a nurse, I'm mopping the floor. Well, you want to be careful. I saw a film about that. He thought he could get away with it, but they hunted him down in the end. Just like they'll hunt you down. Why on earth would they hunt me down? For doing away with people on the operating table and making it look like human error. And all the time wearing that sturgeon's mask so everyone would think you're the real doctor who you've drugged and tied up in the cupboard. I honestly don't know how you've the nerve to stand there looking me in the eye. 
Now, if you'll excuse me, would you please excuse me? <laughs> Very idiot. What's going on here? Is this the queue? Yeah. Blimey, it's a disgrace, is that? And they say it's getting better, don't they, when they talk about it on the news? I don't think it's giving change as well. Do I have to stand here, even if I've got an appointment? Yeah, if you want a cup of tea or coffee. Eh? It's the queue for the coffee machine. Oh, if I cry it out loud. Where's the sodding queue if you've actually got something actually wrong with you? I could have bled to death by now. Then cut yourself. No, I haven't cut myself. I'm just saying... You should have some signs up, shouldn't they, telling you where to go? OK, you've got to go to that counter there and get one of those numbers out of that machine. And when it's your turn, they light your number up on that board over there. More bloody red tape. It's like being in a sodden bingo hall. <laughs> I've seen these ticket machines in the supermarket on the cooked meats. It's scandalous they're using them in a hospital. <laughs> 92. Oh, I don't want that one. <laughs> I want something with an 8 in it. Let's have a look. Get rid of a few of these. 96, 97. Oh, here we are, 98. Excuse me, what are you doing? I'm choosing a number. Sorry, you don't choose one. You take the next available one. What if you don't like your number? You don't have to like your number. It's just so we all know who's next. Everybody takes the next available number when they arrive. Then we know who follows who. There aren't any arguments about it, then. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm not having anything that adds up to 11. That's just tempting faces, that. <laughs> Anyway, what's it got to do with you? Are you so far ahead with your cleaning you have time to stand round talking to me? I'm not a cleaner. I'm a senior nurse. Well, you're saying that. But how do I know? I've already unmasked one imposter since I've been here. I've seen a film about it, so I know what the signs are. I should be keeping a very close eye out this afternoon. Don't you worry about that. Dear me, I have never in my life come across this sort of gross ineptitude. It really does beggar my disbelief. <laughs> Anybody sitting there? Uh, no, help yourself, mate. What number are you, then? Uh, 41. Not bad. They've just tried to get me to have 92. I told them straight. I'm not having anything that adds up to 11. Why are you superstitious? Oh, no. I have little things I observe, but I'm not superstitious. <laughs> like what? Um, well, I'd always salute a magpie. But uh, that's not because I'm superstitious. I just think, if I don't do it, then some bad luck might happen to me. <laughs> so that's to safeguard myself, really. What number did you say you were? 41. Dear, oh dear, there's 50-odd people before me. Here, look, I'll swap your 92 and 93 for your 41. Uh, no, I don't think so, thanks. All right, 94 as well, then. Well, what would be the point of me swapping? All right, 95 as well, but that is as far as I'm prepared to go. I'm sorry, I, I just don't see the logic of what you're suggesting. The logic is... The logic is of what I'm suggesting is if you do the swap I propose, then you will have all these other numbers to have, and they will be yours personally. Well... Thanks, but, but no thanks. And I'll give you a signed photograph. Who of? Me, of course. Why would I want a signed photograph of you? Well, I don't know, to put on your sideboard or what other people do with them. Well, would you put a photo of me on your sideboard? Don't be ridiculous. What would I want a photograph of you for? You're not a busy celebrity of my standing like I am. Who are you, then? Count Arthur Strong, of course, as if you didn't know. Pulling my leg like that. 
I'd laugh if I hadn't heard it before. Ad bloody infinitum. <laughs> Count Arthur Strong, no, I don't think I've heard of you. Well, I can only assume you're in here with a bang on your head, then. <laughs> because everybody knows me. I've had a lifetime in show business, I have. You must have seen me in uh, Bridge Up the River Kwai. Or, or um, is it the other one. No, sorry, afraid not. All right, I'll give you 50 pence as well. No, I don't think so. A pound, then. Cash it on. On the table now. And that's a once-in-a-lifetime offer, never to be repeated. Unlike cheese. <laughs> and that is my final offer as well. So don't think you can get any more out of me, because you won't. I have a reputation for being a hard businessman of the Donald Duck mold. Of uh, Trump, I mean. Donald Mole Trump. Donald Trump mold. <laughs> Here we go, number 41. Here we are, love. That's me. Bingo! Just a minute, you weren't 41. I remember you. You were in the 90s. Oh, no, you must have got me confused up. 41, that's me. Look, there's my proof. There's something funny going on with you. No, there isn't. Look, here's my letter. Well, you shouldn't be here at all, and you should have gone straight to gastroenterology. Well, no one's told me that. It's in the referral letter, look. Oh, for crying out loud. Why don't you have a sign-up telling people to read the letters? I've just spent the sodding fiver getting myself bumped up the numbers. <laughs> Where have I got to go, then? Uh, follow the green line. It'll take you right there. Right. Thank you very much. Excuse me. Is this the gastronomic cologenology wing? The what? Oh, for goodness sake. The gastronomology wing. The what? Oh, just will you? Just listen when I'm talking, then. I said, is this the gastronomic canology wing? Where you come for your stomach if you have wind or something. Do you mean gastroenterology? Isn't that what I've just been saying? Spitting hairs? Yes, well, it is gastroenterology. Goodness for that. I've been wandering about for hours. We're very easy to find. You just have to follow the green line. Well, no-one told me that. I've had to ask in the florists. And I had to wait in the bloody queue there as well. Right, wild goosey gander. She sent me up the um, goose chase. Wild goose chase. Anyway, you're here now. That's the main thing. Here's my letter. You should have been here four hours ago. It is your responsibility to get yourself here on time. Oh, we can all point the finger, can't we? <laughs> There's no skill in that. It's not like fishing, is it? Anyway, as I say, you're here now, so let's just forget it. Would you please tell my consultant I'm ready... No, consultant. Please tell my consultant I'm ready to insult him. To see him. I'm afraid that's not possible. He's gone. He's finished for the day. Oh, dear me. It's like a bloody carry-on film, is this? What am I supposed to do, then? Well, I'm afraid you'll have to get your GP to refer you again. He'll have to make another appointment for you. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Look... Let me explain something to you. I am a very busy celebrity. It's just not that easy for me to say I have a free day. I have to keep myself available for what comes up. Shoe shops don't open themselves up, you know. <laughs> it was just good fortune I was free today. Next week, who knows? I could be doing Sunday night at the London Palladium. Or, 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 or that one with a talking horse. Oh, it is good, that. Yeah, I've always thought I'd make a good doubted neighbour in that. 
Or, or I'm the one that sees the horse talking, but nobody believes him. I could be very convinced in doing that, because I once heard a sheep in Wales say, Go away! <laughs> Clear as a bell! And no-one believed me then, so I do have all the credentials for it. I'm sorry, I'm afraid you've lost me. Look, you're going to have to get your GP to refer you again. I'm sorry about that, but that's all we can do. Right, thank you. Wonderful. Very helpful. Dear me, talk about I'm all right, Jack. I could be in the last gasp saloon here, for all they know. I'm shattered as well. Four bloody hours wandering round these corridors. I'll never sit down before I do anything else. I'm exhausted the miles I've covered. If there is anywhere to have a sit down... Oh, here we are. You see, this would be a perfect moment if they had a social club for me to drown my sorrows about losing my appointment. They're missing a trick there, the National Health. With all the money they could take at the bar, then they could reduce my tax bill. Oh, dear. Ooh. I think I'll just shut my eyes for a minute. Excuse me. Wake up. Excuse me. Oh, who's that? Your block off. You're in the hospital. Are you acting Captain Count Arthur Strong of the St Anne's Dombulance Brigade? Why, what's it got to do with you? We need your help, acting Captain Count Arthur Strong. Please, let's not stand on celery. Call me Count Arthur. What seems to be the trouble, Doctor? Would you come and have a look at a patient in the emergency room? I don't mind admitting he's got us a bit stumped. It's just through here in the operating theatre. Very well, lead the way. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Count Arthur Strong. You may have heard of me. Now, some of you may not agree with my methods and techniques I employ. To those people, all I would say to you is let's save this man's life and we can have a post-mortem afterwards. <laughs> Agreed? Good. Right. Stand back, please. Let me have a look at him. Hmm, yes. His vital statistics are 20 over 40. Nothing unusual with that. Or is there? I've, ne I've never been sure what that means. Now, I'm going to shine a torch in his eyes, like they do on the telly. As I thought. He's got one on that side. And one on the other side. So that's textbook. It can't be that, then. Um, he's got all his ears. Two feet. Well, I don't mind telling you I'm a bit flummoxed myself. Is there a history of unconsciousness in the family? Not as far as we know. Right, let's try him on another two units of Zinfandel, please. See what that does. And, um, oh, go on then, twist my arm. I'll have a small one as well while you're at it. <laughs> Cheers, everybody! So, what do you think, Acting Captain Count Arthur? Oh, look, I've told you. Stop calling me all that. What's up with you? Don't call me it anymore. It's annoying. It's too long for one name, all that. Um, has anybody tried hitting him on the knee with a little rubber hammer? I've seen them do that on casualty. Yes? No? Oh, well, it looks like I'm going to have to open him up. Can you put my special music on, please? I listen to when I'm doing operations. Scalpel. Scalpel. Pardon? Scalpel. Oh, I've just asked you for that. You must, you must be psychic, you. Uh, right, now, I'll be making the first incision parallel to the spleen along the wall of the abdomen. Not orthodox, I know, but it'll get us in there quicker. 
swab that for me, would you please? Oh dear. Um, you better keep your finger on that. I'm not quite sure what those are. Clamp. Clamp. Pardon? Clamp. Oh yes, thank you. Um, trumpet. Trumpet. No, not trumpet. Um, oh, it was miles away then. Um, the the big tweezer things. My mother used to get the washing out of the boiler with them. Um, forceps. 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 Pardon? Forceps. Listen, it was funny at first, love. But I am getting a bit tired of that now. You're like a flipping parrot. Right, let's have a look in here. Hmm, well, we don't need that for a kick-off. But frankly, I've never seen the point of those. So that goes back underneath that. Oh, look, we have two of those. Well, I never knew that. Right, let's have a stitch or two in there. I'll tie a quick granny knot. And uh, I think that's me done. Congratulations, everybody. He's coming round. Very good. I'll just go up the business end and have a word. Can you hear me? I said, can you hear me? His head's at the other end, Doctor. <laughs> Is it? Oh, yes, you're right. I must have my other glasses on. Well done, you. You have the makings of a fine sturgeon. Highly commended. I'll go up the other end, then. Ta-ta. Hello? You know you're a very lucky young man, don't you? You'll probably be a bit sore for a day or two, but I expect you to make a full and complete recovery. Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Come on. Wake up. Wake up. Can, Can you, you hear, hear me? me? Can, Can you, you hear me? me? Can you hear me? Can you uh, hear me? Come on, wake up. Are you all right? Go out of it. I'll knock your block off. Go on. Um, Take it easy. Calm down. You must have fallen asleep. I'm not coming in here. You're not whipping all my bits out when all I've got is a bit of trap wind. I've had it before. I'm going to report this place. You're all body snatchers. <laughs> Jack, get me a drink, quick. Arthur, you're still in the land of the living, then? No, thanks to them at the hospital. Oh, it's shocking what's going on up there. Cleaners doing major heart surgery. <laughs> Fortunately, I had what they call an out-of-my-head experience. Um, <laughs> body. Out-of-my-body experience. Like you read about in the woman's realm, Jack, while I was in there. And it's a sodding good job I did. Otherwise... Goodness knows what they'd have whipped out of me. Well, that, that's £2.20. You've not had the results back already, have you? No. I've, I've re-examined myself, Jack, and I've given myself the benefit of, it, of my own second opinion of mine. And, um, on reflection, I've decided it might have been a spot of trap wind. I have had it before. I will be monitoring myself over the next critical 48 hours... And if it is, I suppose I'll just have to learn to live with it and make the most of what time I do have left. Here's your change. Oh, sorry, Arthur. Where's that gun? Must have rolled under the footrest. Oh, there it is. I'll see if I can stretch and get that. Come on. Oh, come on. There they got you. better. <laughs> Told you, I should never have allowed them to give me that cheese down the shoe shop. Appearing with Count Arthur Strong were Sue Perkins, Alistair Kerr and Dave Mountfield. The script was written by Steve Delaney and edited by Graham Duff. 
Count Arthur Strong's radio show was recorded live at Comedia Brighton, is produced by John Leonard and Mark Radcliffe, and is a joint Comedia Entertainment and Smooth Operations production.